Thank you for tuning in to Making It In The South Sound, the Chambers podcast series, bringing you stories and information about and for the South Sound business community. This podcast series is made possible through the support of our generous sponsors, Amazon, Columbia Bank, Minority Business Development Agency, and Verizon Wireless. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. I'm Monique Valenzuela, and I'm chair-elect of the Chambers Board and the Executive Director and CEO of the Tacoma Youth Marine Foundation. I'm so excited to host somebody that I've been wanting to meet. And today, we will be addressing a topic that is important to and maybe on the top of minds of many of our member businesses, Washington's new pay transparency law, which goes into effect this January. And if you're saying, what is this law? Don't worry, that's exactly why we have the podcast today. Many of our smaller businesses may not even be aware of this. But guess what? We have somebody that's gonna take us through, who's gonna answer our questions, and give us exactly what we need to know. I'm so honored to share today, we have Kellis Boric, the Vice President of Labor and Legal Services and General Counsel at Archbright. For those of you not familiar with Archbright, they're a firm that helps with and advises companies on HR, legal, and safety issues. And Kellis is really going to be answering our questions and has already educated me about the impact. Kellis, thank you for being with us here today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me, Monique. I'm, I'm very um, excited to talk about pay transparency. Your expertise in educating us is not only what we're doing here, but what the trend is. I mean, we've been talking about the whole area. But when I say pay transparency law, what is this law actually about and when is it effective? The law is effective January 1st, 2023, so a couple months from now. And the uh, short version of the law is that an employer with 15 or more employees will need to disclose uh, their wage scales or salary ranges and benefits and other compensation in all job postings for uh, work that's going to be done in Washington. So 15 or more employees, small employer, uh, if you do a job posting and you're looking for a candidate, you have to have these things in your posting to be compliant with the law. Wow. Now, you mentioned the employers with 15 or more employees. So that's, you know, that's a lot of our mom and pops, a lot of the members of our chamber. Absolutely. A lot of, I would consider that a small em- employer for sure. Uh, and in, in probably employers that really are just trying to stay up with you know, current safety posters, other other wage and hour issues and such. Um, this is a this is going to be a big impact to their um, search for candidates. And it's such a tight labor market; it's hard to find good people. So a lot of employers are having to do more aggressive postings. You know, um, as a former owner operator myself, you're right. We wear many hats. You know, we're prepping food. We're the janitor. We're having to comply with labor law posters that are very intimidating. You know, what if I don't have rangers for all of my jobs? That's a great question. And at Archbright, we field hundreds of calls every month from um, businesses, big and small. And that has been a very common question on the HR hotline. What if I don't have them? Well, you will need to create them. And that is going to require some guidance and um, possibly some legal advice. Washington State Labor and Industries has a draft administrative policy on their website 
that does give some um, basic instructions on how to craft a job posting that would be appropriate, that, that might be a place to start. Even with those templates, some of the stuff is confusing. So what's the difference between a wage scale and a salary range? Yeah, terminology can get very confusing, uh, especially in the world of compensation. So wage scales are typically uh, um, referring to an hourly employee. So a wage scale might be uh, $21 to $25 an hour. A salary range will typically refer to um, what we call exempt employees that are exempt from overtime, and that might be uh, salary range, uh, the low at 50000 the high at 65000 a year. So those two terms are, are they're used interchangeably often, um, but uh, HR professionals usually categorize them based on hourly or salary employees. You might also hear the word um, uh, pay scale, uh, and that, that could be used interchangeably as well. Well, that's confusing. I know. <laughs> it I is know. very confusing. I so I do have a question. You know, a lot of our hourly employees may sometimes have additional compensations, gratuities, um, you know, bonuses. Are those items that have to be included or average? How do you do that? That's a great question, uh, Monique. So the law, as it's written, uh, requires in the disclosure that an employer disclose what's called quote other compensation end quote. And other compensation can include things such as um, a bonus potential, a shift premium, um, if, if someone's being sought for on a, on a graveyard shift or ha you know, has a shift differential, if that's part of the role, that should be included. Stock or equity, um, and I think I did mention bonus. So you don't have to state the exact number mm -hmm. or the exact amount of the other compensation but the category so you mentioned gratuities mm -hmm. if gratuities were part of it uh, that would be um, part of your disclosure wow you mentioned the tight job market i mean a lot of retail hospitality you know you get 40 to 50 percent turnover it's a really high turnover so sometimes if i just want to post a job quickly can i just post a starting range no, uh, if you did, I mean, you can, but if you did, you wouldn't be in compliance. So the Department of Labor and Industries through our state ha has said that open-ended postings like that are not compliant and not acceptable. So you have to have a starting and a ending range. So here's my question. Let's say that I just have a, we're hiring come inside. Uh, either a banner on my website or maybe on my brick and mortar location. Hiring, come inside now. Um, you know, what if I just have those things up for you know marketing purposes? All right, that's another great question. <laughs> and the department specifically does address this question in their guidance that I mentioned. And uh, the department believes that that is not considered an official job posting. So that's okay. You could have a hiring banner. Come on in, we're hiring and you wouldn't need to have all of the disclosures in it. The time when you need a disclosure is when you're posting for a particular person or applicant with particular um, skills or requirements. So just saying, come on in, we're hiring, or help wanted, those are not considered job postings uh, um, that are governed by this, uh, this particular disclosure law. Do you think this is really going to go into effect on January 1st, 2023? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, 
I do. I do think it is. Uh, uh, we've had other other legislation in employment um, in the last year or so that that I we weren't too sure with. If you remember the Washington Cares Act, mm-hmm. we weren't <laughs> the <laughs> final hour that didn't go into effect. But I I don't see anything like that happening. I I think we're geared up to uh, to join actually other states such as. California, Colorado, and Nevada, who have these kind of pay transparency disclosure laws. And it's interesting, but um, a survey that I read just this week um, on Monster, it's that 98% of employees are in favor of these kind of laws. Hmm. So it's, you know, it's going to be a, a big piece of information for employees and uh, it will really require employers to be ready to, to uh, know their pay scales and be ready for negotiation too. <laughs> and you know, no, many there's always bad apples. A lot of employers do want the best and they do want to be transparent. I don't think it's an issue of not wanting to do this. Um, you know, I include that in my small business and do that now. Just off the top of your head, how many businesses do you think this is going to affect? Are there a lot of businesses that don't have this in place right now? I do think there are. Yeah. I do think there are. Um, one of the missions of Archbright is to help the small business to be compliant so they can, you know, run their business so they can can have the uh, confidence to run the business because like many states, Washington has so many uh, laws and um, I do think this is going to impact uh, a lot of businesses. I, th- I think um, even small businesses that don't have a handbook or maybe they're still working with a don't have an anti-harassment policy some of these other uh, common employment practices and policies that that businesses should have um, this is just going to add to that list Um, it's easy to know what minimum wage is you can pay you know pay according to minimum wage it's easy to know what lni and workers comp is and put your poster up but a lot of the small businesses after that they they don't have an hr department and i think this is gonna this is going to require um, some assistance and support one of the biggest lessons i learned being a small business owner was it might be cheaper for me to fix my own hood fan or plumbing, but not being the expert, sometimes it's not because my time was valuable. I mean, and to yeah. me, that's something like Archbright does. Yeah. You may be able to waddle through, but how do we convince our small businesses that sometimes spending time on issues like this and investing upfront with some of this human resource and state law compliance actually will save you time in the long run? You know, I think you're right. I mean, one of the things we do at Archbright, we don't litigate. We work with employers on the front end before they get in trouble. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we will talk with employers that that they they've come to us ahead of time so we can we can help them um, not try to do it yourself. Or if they've done it themselves, we can try to help them make it a little more compliant. Uh, But I think you're right. It's a big challenge because your resources are limited and uh, it's. It's one of those things that if you're the DIY uh, kind of CEO, <laughs> it's not always going to go well for you. That's true, you know, and that it's a good investment up front. I mean, so let's say that I want to be compliant. You know, I, I'm trying to get these things uh, in order. Do we have to publish our full pay range, or can we just publish a portion so that we can place new hires? So you would um, publish your your salary range or your uh, wage um, scale mm-hmm. for the particular job that you're seeking. Mm-hmm. You don't have to publish uh, an entire grouping of jobs. 
um, it, it only the salary range for the singular job for which you're hiring, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I, I did want to mention you also need to post in, uh, for any internal openings that you have, uh, just to throw, just don't want to forget to mention that. So um, if you're seeking applicants from the outside of your company, this law applies, but if you've got an internal promotion, or an uh, internal job you're posting, and you're you, you know giving that out to your company. You you also need to do all of these disclosures to your internal candidates as well. That's very enlightening. So, talking about what we have to do, we talked about you know help wanted posters. No, we don't consider that. But what about social media? We're in the world of LinkedIn and you know Facebook and everything else. So, if I post a job on LinkedIn or I post a job on that social media, does that still count under this transparency law? It, it really does, and it's a little tricky because um, you, you, if you're an employer and you're using social media to post a job, you would need to have all the requisite disclosures in that, in that posting. Um, and then sometimes if you post, for example, I think on LinkedIn, that link will be shared or forwarded. You, it's on the employer, the guidance we have today, to ensure that all of the information in the posting is embedded in, in the link so that if it gets shared by LinkedIn or Indeed, that it's, it's comprehensive and it's compliant. And that can be a little, a little tricky, but um, you know, tech, technologically, I'm assured there's a way to do it. Mm -hmm. So be careful if you're using LinkedIn or Indeed. Also, make sure you contact your third-party recruiters if you're using outside recruiters to make sure that they know and are complying with the law while they search for candidates for you. I would assume they would know, but mm -hmm. it's going to be the employer's um, responsibility to ensure that the people they contract with are, are complying with the law. It's, I almost feel like some of these social media sites like LinkedIn, they should just have a template. Like you said, so many other states are adopting this. They should just make it best practice in their you know, um, template that we have to put those, you know, things in there. It'd be a lot easier for us if they would do that. It would, it would be. Um, and, and maybe, Monique, maybe there are some templates out there, um, or at least now you might see some uh, uh, templates arising after, after this uh, law goes into effect for people to use. How does one contact you at Archbright or get your services? What is the website? Or if I'm a small business owner going, aha, I've got to put the donuts to rise, you know, in the proofer, but I really need to get on this, right? And I've got to, I didn't get to listen to the whole podcast. How do I follow up with some of this information from you, Kellis? Well, um, first of all, if you're a member of the Tacoma Chamber of Commerce, you have the opportunity to opt in for free uh, for what we call an Archbright Mobile Membership. And that is a wonderful partnership we have with the Chamber where the uh, mobile members have access to our resource library, which is contained on a platform we call Mazo. Mm -hmm. And um, if you are currently a mobile member or you want to opt in, that um, that's how you would would do it and you would contact if you want to opt in you would contact info at archbright.com or you could talk to the chamber and then there are um, membership levels that uh, in small businesses or large medium businesses can uh, access at archbright as well and those include unlimited legal advice um, hr advice uh, real-time hr advice some of our hotline safety advice um, 
The resources we have on Mazo, we do have uh, resources that you can download load on our Mazo app. That's how you access Mazo through an app. And there are pay transparency resources all up to date there. Uh, so as a mobile member, you have immediate access to those. But if you wanted like real time um, advice from an HR pro, you would you would want to talk to somebody at Archbright about a membership um, that would be fee based. That's wonderful. I mean, we don't think twice about investing in the tools we need for our trades, right? This is just another tool. You know, it may not be one that you plug into the wall, but right. it will save you time and actually, you know, make sure that you're compliant. Well, the members through the mobile membership, our partnership with the chamber, uh, includes uh, a provision that if a mobile member wants to upgrade to a, um, for example, we call it a silver membership, um, and that's a fee-based membership. They, I think, they believe they receive a twenty percent discount for all of our membership fees. So that's that's a that's a good offer, and it's it's pretty affordable for a smaller business when you consider what you would pay a law firm just to call up and have them uh, give you some hourly advice. Um, the memberships are affordable, and and we work hard to keep them that way because we are we are a nonprofit five hundred one c six and. Mm -hmm. Our mission is to provide affordable services for our members. As we try to live our value as a chamber of making this uh, the South Sound an inclusive place to do business, you're really helping us remove that obstacle, you know, which you don't know what you don't know. So, oh, that's nice to hear. Yeah, I'm really proud of that. Well, that's, that's nice exciting. to hear. Do you have any last words or advice for our listeners regarding this, you know, uh, um, transparency law that we all want to be in compliance with and we want to understand? Well, let's see. I think um, one one thing I would like to call out, and that is, if you if you do have current employees that are already working for for the U, and some of them are below the range or above the range that you end up posting for a new hire, this, this is a common thing. Maybe someone's worked for you for a long, long time, and for some reason even though they're doing the same work that you're posting for, they're, they're, not, they're higher than the range. Um, in that case, uh, we call that, if they're above range, green circle it. If they're below range, red circle it. Mm. Um, in, in that case, I would encourage you to get some advice about bringing that employee who, uh, either uh, up or how you would address the fact that they're above range because this goes to the whole reason behind this law, which is pay equity. This law is designed to um, address um, systematic pay inequities that have been perpetuated in our, our pay scales for, for years. And so you, you want to be careful that if you're posting one of, your, one of your jobs and people that are already working for you are doing the same work and not making the same, uh, that you don't trigger a pay equity discrimination suit. But you, but you can pay people differently based on seniority, geographic differences, education, and training. Um, you, you can do that, but you want to make sure you have a bona fide, validated reason for doing that. So that's just a little bit of lawyer speak to um, the, the reasoning behind the law and if you find yourself in that position. And the only other thing I might say is, um, so what happens if you don't comply? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, it appears from reading the guidance we have now that that um, if your posting was sent to labor and industries uh, you know by some applicant I applied here and look at their posting they didn't have the ranges or they didn't have that 
the compensation. LNI has the ability to um, investigate you and assess a penalty anywhere from 500 up to, I believe, 5,000 for more, more than one violation. Mm. And also the employee could sue you for um, a violation of the law. And if they could prove they somehow how turned down another job and lost wages because they didn't have a full um, disclosure from, from uh, you or that when they were working for you, they weren't being paid equitably for equal work, that then your rem- their remedies would include attorney's fees and back wages. Uh, but the main thing to remember is out of the gate, I think L&I um, is going to be probably um, warning employers and saying, hey, we'll, we'll give you a pass this time. It depends, of course, on the circumstances, yes. but I, I think there'll be a time where the, the state will sort of transition into this, um, after which, uh, if you're not in compliant, you could get, you could get fined. Mm. That's, very, uh, that's very helpful and enlightening, like you said, with your existing employees. You know, I, I read a lot of trade mags, and you hear, you gotta have people come in, give them bonuses, higher, higher wages, but Sometimes the people that have been with you as well, you make sure that they're in that range. You need to take good care of them. So that's very enlightening. And the primer for why the law came into effect is very enlightening as well. So we can't thank you enough, Callis, for joining us today. Well, thank you very much for having me. And I wish all of the employers at the chamber the best of luck in the new year dealing with this law. And the, uh, uh, we, have a, we have a website if you're interested in more information about Archbright. And if you are a chamber member and you want to opt in, uh, just, just let us know. Right on. And we'll make sure that we put that link as well. Um, you know, this episode of Making It in the South Sound has been such a pleasure and so educational. We thank you for joining us. Additional episodes can be found on the Chamber's website, tacomachamber.org. And we will make sure that we have a link as well to Archbright and all the benefits that they provide for our Chamber members. It's a great way to uh, maximize your membership. Look for the link on the homepage and in the top menu. And you can listen to us directly on our website or better yet, subscribe and never miss an episode. It's a perfect when you're folding laundry, you're doing the books. Great time to plug in the earphones and listen. But most of all, we want to thank our sponsors. Their generous commitment makes this series possible in educating our members. We thank you, Amazon, Columbia Bank, the Minority Business Development Agency, and Verizon Wireless. This is Monique signing off, saying thank you, and listen for future episodes coming soon.